This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. Today I want to speak about mentality and I want to give you wisdom notes on fathering. Wisdom notes on fathering. I chose uh, four points that I found and then I'll get you to, to take your seat. Barack Obama, who consequently was never raised by her father, was raised by his village in Kenya. He made a statement, he said this, and you gotta understand it from where he was coming. He said, any fool can have a child. That does not make you a father. It takes courage to raise a child. That makes him a father. Any fool can have a child. That does not make him a father. It takes courage to stay and raise that child. That makes him a father. I want you to know, and this is not said by Barack, but somebody else. It says, he said, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. It's easier to build strong children than to leave it later and try to repair broken men. As Moses, he was losing a battle and he couldn't understand why he was losing the battle. And his wife, Zipporah, came to him with a sharp stone and said, cut the skins of your boys because you failed to do in them in their childhood days which you now have to do in their manhood days. It's easier to raise strong children than to repair grown men. It's very hard to go through circumcision as a man, but it's easier when the child, when the boy is born. I saw that with both my grandchildren. I wondered why they were doing it, but they healed so quickly. The pain must have been there, but it stung for a moment. But if you leave it for later, it stings. And you got to go in isolation and you got to walk for a whole month with bended knees and back bent. Rather do it when it's in children. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Are we together this morning? Every father must know that his child will follow his example, not his advice. Live your life worthy of emulation. And we tell our children, don't do what you see, do what I say. No, it's easier for them to follow your example than take your advice. And this is just for all of those fathers that don't feel that they are being appreciated. You will never feel it when you're doing it. But later on Father's Day when they have to come and give a speech, they'll tell you. <laughs> As a father... You never get appreciated in that season until later. When they have to change the diapers of their own, then they appreciate what you have done for them. When they have to stay up late and think they are the only ones, let it serve as a reminder that we did it too. And life goes through seasons. 
I'm getting ready to talk to us this morning. Don't fall in love with a season or don't hate a season because this too shall pass. Younger fathers, listen to me. I know it's very frustrating in this time. I saw them come on Friday and each of them were taking leave, the younger boys, younger fathers, because duties were waiting for them at home. Let me say this to you, that, uh, that phase, don't get frustrated with it. Just when you think this, you got used to diapers and the baby chair, they grow up and they want to drive the car. So the season changes. Are we together this morning? The season will change. I finished preaching. Take your seats. Thank you, praise and worship. I have so much to say, so little time. But give me your attention, please. Don't, don't, don't zone out. Invest this morning in, in what I have to say. We appreciate all the fathers that are visiting us because your children are here. And we appreciate all the children that are visiting us because your fathers are here. We appreciate the online uh, connection. Those are in the cyberspace. We appreciate you. And thank you for being intentional and joining our Father's Day uh, service. I appreciate the five bikes that were given to me and they said I can make a, any choice. So I'm not sure we'll, we'll make the choice later which color. I like blue. So I think this one's going to stay. Don't give your father a tie. Give him a bike. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the three fathers that we have. Number one, you have a heavenly father. Jesus, when he was teaching them, and I think we, we, we wrongly say that it is the Lord's prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer because Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. The Lord's prayer is found somewhere in John, but let's not camp in that because I have so much more to say to you. But Jesus, in teaching the disciples to pray, in Matthew 6, 9, he said, say, our Father, our Father in heaven. That means, by the words of Jesus, you have an heavenly father. He moves us out of the context of, from creation and calling him God. And making it so personal and taking it into intimacy. By saying, address him as our father. Uh, not everybody walks into that office. But people who have relationships. Just walk and you, if you want to see on Sundays how my grandchildren and my children, they're walking. They leave toast for me. It's intended for me, but they eat it without even asking. They just take it, which, which simply teaches you that relationship grants access. Relationship grants access. When you can say, our father, you must understand that you have access from the earth. To the heavens. And so I don't come to him as a created being. But I come to you as a son. Like a natural father. You caused and gave me life. God gave me life. He's a heavenly father. He gave me life. I appreciate that he's, he's the life. So I come to you as a what? As a son. I come to you as family. And 
kin. You are kin to me. I am a son. Even if I'm not a good son, I'm your son. Even if I'm your prodigal son, I'm your son. Even if I've been a messy son, I've been, I'm your son. Even though I'm a confused son, I'm your son. You don't get to unsun me. <laughs> yes, imagine that relationship with God. No matter what, God, if he's, your, if he's your father, then he's your father and you don't get, he don't get to unsun you. Number two, you have, number one, you have a heavenly father. Number two, you have a spiritual father. 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul says, even you have, if you had 10,000 guardians or mentors in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the, through the what? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, there are many people who will instruct you, but they are not invested in you. A father is a father by reason that he makes deposits in you. He must make spiritual deposits in you. I know sometimes it's an irritation to you when, 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 the, when your spiritual father or your pastor is looking for you. And sometimes it's an irritation to say, why were you not there? I say this before, I say it now. Do you know how it is? And, and, and this, the gospel is all about preparation. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. In the spiritual realm and in the, in the ecclesia, in the body of Christ, you must understand that preparation is very important. And, and it's very, very disappointing when preparation is made for you and you don't turn up to eat. The other day I went home and uh, Nisha had prepared to eat, but we got fed somewhere else. She said, you want to eat? I said, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I sat and I ate like I was hungry, but I was so full. It's very disappointing to have preparations. Mentors and instructors don't prepare enough for you. But fathers make preparations for you. Fathers invest in you. And when you, when you talk to a mentor or an instructor, he will stop at giving you advice. But the father goes beyond the advice and he gives you a solution. Even if he has to take some money out of his own pocket and turn your sadness into joy, that's a father. Even if he says to you, uh, an instructor will say, what you need to do is go up to that point. A father says, I'll go with you. When they break in bad news to you, a father says, I'll be there, I'll stand with you. I may not be able to give you a solution, but I'll be able to give you my shoulder. And a father has the heart of you in his heartbeat. 
or he, your heart beat in his heart. Are you together? So, a father who invests in you. Uh, now, now, what does a spiritual father do? Paul, he says, I have given you the gospel and you were born again. That means new life came into you. When God's seed gets invested in you and gets into your heart, you are born again and you become to that man a begotten son. As Paul was with Timothy. Timothy, the first pastor of the greatest church, never wrote a book, never wrote any, other, any, any gospel, but the greatest pastor, Timothy, became Paul's son. Let me move on this morning. So you have a heavenly father, you have a spiritual father, and you have a biological father. Or a natural father. Our first natural father was Adam in the garden of Eden. God told him to be fruitful. And Gregory, you cannot have fruit. You cannot be fruitful if you are not seedful. And he put the seed into Adam, the man. He put the semen into him. Powerful after its kind. Being able to, to produce all that you are into a new generation that you are able to create. So loaded is a man. And I tell you again that this agenda, this right here is why the enemy is attacking man. Not for his masculinity, but for what he's carrying. The seed of a man. Now, let me just tell you this and move from a preaching zone to just a teaching zone. Inside of Adam, in Genesis chapter 1, inside of Adam was the feminine, feminine part of God. We, we think God is a male God and we see him fully for his masculinity. No, that's the Adam that you are seeing. But inside of Adam was also Eve. I'm going to talk about it just now that we need a balance in the home. You need not only masculinity, but you also need femininity. But God being the all-sufficient one, alone, all in one, alone, God is all-sufficient. And when he creates man, he creates him in his own image, in the spiritual dimension. And that's why he said God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In chapter 2, you see the biological parts of him being there. But in chapter 1, you see that spirit being in. He creates Adam as a spiritual being. Only in chapter 2 does he form Adam into a natural being. Are we together this morning? And when he forms Adam in a natural being, he also puts Eve inside of him. So when Adam is walking in the garden, he's walking with Eve inside of him. But he's now in, the, in a natural zone, but with a spiritual, in a spiritual dimension. I'm just using poetic license to say, I think God looked at Adam and said something missing in Adam. This guy here is too lonely. So what he does is, 
he says, it is not good. Everything else, and that's why I'm using my poem. Everything else, God says, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is. In his architectural design and assignment, I think he looked at Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so what he does is, he's already put her inside of him. He says, let me put him off to sleep. Everything, and, and this is the thing about man, any major thing, major, major thing of uh, decision or anything major that must come to him, he must go fall off to sleep. Women will, will tell you yes, but a man will say, let me sleep on it. That's, that's men. So women, I'm just helping you understand your man. When he says, let me sleep on it, it's so major. He's just not ready to make that decision. All right? So what happens is God puts him off to sleep and then pulls out what was already inside of him and pulls this feminine part out of him, pulls the feminine part out of him and creates this woman. Adam looks at her and he doesn't say hips, lips and fingertips. No. In 2.23 he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he likes what he sees. He, he, he likes it. He, he, he likes, he likes that, that feminine part. Hope you understand what I'm saying. He likes the femininity of the woman serves as an attraction to him. He likes the softness of this woman. I hope you're hearing in this. He that has a year, let him hear. And so um, he pulls this woman or he pulls this man out of this man but this man that he pulls out of her has a cabin and a container inside of her to be able to now produce and, and bear children, receive his seed. I want you to understand today for all of, all of you that are married that when you find your spouse, you find your completion. That's why, I think in the Bible, in Matthew 2.24, he said, For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and cleave to his wife. Cleave to his wife. When you find your, 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 your partner, you find that completion, that part that, that came out of you. Are we together this morning? You find that part, and that's why you have to be by, by, by his side. I went for a funeral this week to our old pastor. He passed away, Shane, Pastor Morgan Pillay. But Ragni is his wife. Man, if ever I saw two become one, I have never seen him without his, his wife by his side. Uh, that's, that's, that's two becoming one. Which leads me to say, if I want to have a child, no matter how much I want to have that child, I can't have the child. 
And no matter how much she wants to have the child, she can't have the child. Hello? Unless the two become one. Uh, that's how God is. Uh, in, 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 you are all sufficient. But today, you are not all sufficient. You are not all together one. Until you become one, then you can produce one. If you have children next to you, it is proof of your oneship. Every time you see that child, whether the child is with you in your house or without you, it's a proof, proof enough that there is a unison, there's a oneness. And so I just want to talk to, are you, are you okay? You getting something? Yes. Okay. Ladies, because of your makeup and because of your build, uh, because of this, this cabin that you have inside of you, I just want to talk to, it's not Mother's Day, but I think it's good to, to just tell you. Mothers, you are vitally important to this, to this Father's Day. Because like Nisha says, without Mother's Day or mothers, we will never have a Father's Day. Never. If it's without the cabin that you carry, you, know, you, you carry the cabin. Oh, the cabin. Listen to me, Leanne. That womb is more than just a womb. And if you don't become careful, you can turn it into a tomb. In that womb, you were meant to carry life. Don't put death in your womb. Because of this, the, the ability for this womb for, to carry nine months life, uh, women have the dexterity to, to receive, to hold, to carry You can, you can carry hostility inside of you because of your womb. Women have the ability to carry resentment for, more, for longer than nine months. And therefore, if you carry this weight longer than it, you, you, you were instinctively designed to carry life, but you must willfully abort death. Oh, by now I should have more amens. Women, listen to me. Don't carry unnecessary pain. You are built to carry things. Carry the right things. Carry the things that will produce life, not the things that will produce death. Somebody give God praise. Now the making of a child, as I told you, I can think of children, but I can't have them alone. Individually, we are not all sufficient, but together we become one. Here's a point I hope it, it can land. Fathers give life. Fathers should be there to continue that process and to nurture the life. They should be there for correction, for affirmation. Now I want to speak to some people here that have absent fathers. And I think Letitia spoke about 60% of South Africans don't have fathers. If you were raised without a father, still don't despise it. Thank them because they gave life. They tell me, Rita, that vitamins are there to supplement the things that your food don't give you. 
So what you, don't, what you lack in your food, you, get, you have in vitamins. God will substitute what you don't have in your life. Like vitamins do for food, God will substitute. He'll bring pastor around you. He'll bring uncles around you. He may even bring a stepdad around you. God has the ability, and I'll show it to you with, with Joseph just now. But I use Barack Obama as, a, as, a, as an example. Barack Obama became the first black president from a country not his own. Birth, given life somewhere else. But he became the, the, the number one man in the world for two terms. God can use what you think he can't use. Are we together this morning? Now, I'll go back to the femininity and the masculinity of this. And you need your father and your mother. One is the softer and one is the stronger. Your differences are needed in raising children. One is for nurturing, nursing, kuchi kuchi koo. And the other is for discipline. Like God, God is like that too. He has truth and he has grace. Grace and truth. So the emotional construct of the couple represents the environment of God. You bring up this child in the, in the emotional of God, construct of God. And I want to just tell you this morning that in, 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 in finding a partner, Actually, the partnership finds itself. Two South Poles never get married. Opposites attract. And that's why you will find two soft... It would be amazing for the children if you can have two soft parents. <laughs> How amazing will be that? Don't do that. No. It's very unlikely... 99% of the time, you'll find one a hard guy. I, I, in the old days, they'll say, you let your father come. <laughs> this story, Shirley always tells me. And when, when, when the father's coming, she used to give, give me a story. They used to put three pans on. Because the father used to, he knew where the soft parts were. And so they would. Why, why wouldn't the mother do it and say, let the father come? But sometimes the opposite is also true. Say, I'll call your mother. <laughs> you see? And so mothers work with not the belt, but they have wooden spoons. When the mother comes see those children, they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle, is that you, Michelle? Mother has a wooden spoon. And the father is a softer guy. I know Abraham is like that. So, so, so it, it, it's just... God has a way of bringing balance in the family. Are we together? So the child is reared and survives in the balance of your differences. I want to say this morning, but a father is a pedagogue. I was in college in teaching. They talk about the pedagogician, the, the one that teaches. And the father is the pedagogue. His nature is to nurture with correction in most cases. Listen to me. He prepares you for the face of authority. He prepares you to face teachers. He prepares you to face the police. 
He prepares you to, to, to face management and your bosses. If you can get through a father in the house, it's preparing you for the boardroom. It's preparing you to give you to, to stand up. And where discipline and correction is accepted in an acceptable way. Listen to me. You are free to make mistakes. That's so powerful. When you have a father who can discipline you and correct you in that environment of love, it gives you the freedom to make mistakes in an outside atmosphere so that you, you, you are not scared to make mistakes because you know how to repair. This is so powerful. If you hear nothing else, listen to me. Learn to embrace the discipline that a father gives you in love. Because his correction is not to break you, but his correction is so that you can be repaired. I always say this, and where's Caleb? Is Caleb here? Oh, he's teaching. <laughs> if you don't listen to a soft voice, you will have to hear a hard voice. If you don't listen to your pastor and your and your father, you may have to listen to a policeman, a magistrate, a soldier, anything that will. <clears throat> A hard voice. Parents prepare us and help us. Are you getting something this morning? <sighs> so lean, lean forward. This, this is important. The absent parent. And, and God has a way of bringing parents to give the children what they need. And every father must, must listen to me now. As a, as a person, you never crave what you got. You always crave what you never got. Oh, that's deep. Listen to me. Lean in now. You never crave what you got. You always crave what you never got. What is craving? Craving is that desire to find what you never found. That desire to find what you never found. So if you never got love, you have the craving, the desire, you crave it. But if you got love, you never crave it. Are we together? So sometimes we mistake when we consider her as a tramp. We consider this, this child as a slut. When she's on the road looking for what she never got. When really she's trying to find daddy in what smells, looks and sounds like him. Let me say that again. We mistake girls on the road trying to find what they never got. When they are clearly looking for daddy in something that smells, looks, walks, talks like him. This is my old joke, but it's worth saying it again. The girl was walking in Carlisle Street. Beautiful girl. Looks like Priyanka Chopra. And she ended up with this, oh, I can't say, let's stand down and say, not so good looking guy. Absent teeth in the front, gold in the back. Haircut, not the best of haircuts. 
And she ended up with him. You know how he got her? He said, your father is a big rogue. She said, what? You talking to me? He said, yes, your father is a big rogue. Just like that. He said, why? He stole the stars from the sky and put in your eyes. <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> yeah, he stole the stars from the sky, put in your eyes. Because she never got such words. Nobody told her that. She craved that. And anybody that spoke sounded, smelled like a father. She accepted it and married it, trying to replace what she didn't have in her house. Fathers must be there. But this morning, if you are a runaway father, I want to help you. And say to you this morning that we are not mad with you, neither do we hate you. If stain is not modeled in front of you, leaving seems like the only solution. So we are not upset with you because society never modeled for you what a good father should look like. I want to just make another statement this morning. What the child, by your leaving, what the child does not quite understand, that men don't leave their children, they leave their mother. For those children that are here today, that are, are, are inside of this situation, and you feel hated by your father, let me tell you, your father gave you life. And that you are not the problem. Mama is. And sometimes mama makes it hard for daddy to stay because she never saw her daddy stay and then there's no norm for her and there's no society didn't produce a specimen for her and so we don't blame mama. We blame society. All we know is what was modeled in front of us and if it was modeled in front of us, we take that as to be the norm. We think that's normal so that I don't have my, my husband stay with me. These children don't, they'll make it without their father. And so, as the songwriter says, and the beat goes on. And so here's what I want to tell you this morning. I found it in my life. And I didn't come from, from the best of marriages. I don't want to go into that because I honor my parents. But they were also not perfect in their marriage. But one thing God told me is that I should not duplicate what my parents had. And because I have come into the stream of the gospel... I have heard, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man... Be born again.
Listen to me, listen to me, sit up. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. And so that, that caught my attention that I need to change what my parents didn't have the courage to change. It was tormenting to wake up to in the middle of the night to just wake up and hear plates break and to hear loud sounds and slaps coming from the, from the bedroom of my parents. Now that became a norm for me. And I could, but I made a vow and I said, if ever I get married, I will never treat my wife. I will never lay a hand on her. No matter what. God give me the grace to turn it. I thought about murder many times. This is our 35, today we were married 35 years. We weathered, we weathered many storms. And so now because of the storms we've gone through, because of the storms we've gone through, little raindrops are not going to destroy us. Come what may, I'm going to stay. Because when, when the storm comes and, and the enemy will tell you to, to cut Cut your losses. Have you ever heard that? Cut your losses and move on. My vow to God is the glue that keeps you together. I want to encourage all the young fathers today and I know what you go through. Fathering is not easy. And it's so easy. It's easier. The solution is easier to just throw in the towel and walk away. You are leaving more than that season. And I want to tell you this morning, life and marriage, if you want to hear that from me, life and marriage has many seasons. Don't fall in love or hate a season. And if you hate the season, love your wife. If you love the season, still love your wife. Why, pastor? Because soon that season will change. If you fall in love with a good season and hate your wife, what do you mean, Pastor? Let's, let's, let's assume in me. We, we're going through emptiness now. My children have gone. Fortunately, I got a package deal when I got married. But the house would be empty had it not been for the... You've got to choose how you get your, your package. You've got to... Yeah, yeah. You yeah, understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so fortunately, that, 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 that. but we're going through the, the, the phase of, of having children. That season is over and they've gone. But if you fell in love with the children and hated your wife inside of that, now when they're gone, what are you going to do when the birds don't fly and the brook don't dry, is gone dry? What are you going to do now? Who's going to make the porridge? Who's going to make the toast? Girls are gone. That's why you must find good for better, for worse. You stay. Are we together this morning? Everybody stand. I'm done. Almost done. I was, I was, I was on my way to say this.
even though you didn't have a good modeling of what a good father is, but you don't have to be that. Many times, the enemy, if you are in the stream of the enemy, the enemy will cause it. It's a spirit. The father left the, the, those children. He'll tell you, you, you didn't have a, a father. So it's okay that you can leave your children and let somebody else raise them. No, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. Be born again in your thinking. If your father did it, you don't have to do it. Listen to me. I speak this today on Father's Day. Don't replicate or duplicate or repeat your father's sin in your life. I was on my way to showing you that. I said, my father's a good man. I'll take the good and I'll extract the ugly. And each generation should do that. Pick and choose. I tell you this this morning. Pick and choose. Pick what is good. Choose what is good. And leave out the ugly. Are you receiving something? I have one more. And then I'm going to let you go. I have five minutes. Joseph. He's the Obama of the Bible. Neglected. He was separated from his father. He was rejected by his mother. Sorry, rejected by his brothers. Raised without a mother. Falsely accused. Lost his job. Imprisoned. He could have sat there and sang the, the song of poor little Johnny. Poor little Johnny. He couldn't buy bread. His father was a drunkard. His mother was dead. You know that sometimes you want to feel that, that emotion like I'm rejected, dejected, bust, broken, you, you, and everything is against me. Joseph could have been the epitome of that song. But God... You say, why are you telling us this this morning? I'm talking to all of those people that feel sorry that their fathers are not here this morning. I'm talking to all, those, to all of those children that feel that life treated you bad. Listen to me, Obama made it. Except a man be born again. Change this morning. Change your mindsets. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and think, if I had a father. Joseph didn't have his father in his lifetime, but he became the state president in a foreign land. Not in his own land, in a foreign land, God was for him. Sometimes you will traverse a different route, but attain the same final destination. Don't think that if I had my father, I would be here. Probably if you had your father, you wouldn't have been where you are. God is the vitamin in your food. God is the substitute to where you are on your way to where he is. God will find you.